It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Kale and Company live presented by Northeast Delta Dental with family plans, individual plans designed to fit your lifestyle. You can learn more and find your plan at Delta Dental Covers Me. Com. And uh, we say welcome back to our good friend, Dan Weed, Weed Family Automotive. Welcome back. Good morning, Ken. Welcome, happy to be back. Uh, uh, happy belated birthday, by the way. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I've reached, I, I'm officially old now. But, uh, <laughs> so 29? Okay. Yeah, exactly. And, and holding for many years. But uh, Dan is here, and Dan just got back from a, a nice vacation. And uh, you look well rested and relaxed, so that's I think the goal of any vacation, right? Yeah, we had a, a nice trip. It's good to get away for a few days, and uh, we enjoyed uh, some time together with my wife and, and some friends. So we we had a, a good time, very got, good time. Got to spend some time in the legendary. I, I think Glenn Campbell really put it on the on the map with, <laughs> with his song. But you got to spend some time in Galveston. Yeah, yeah, we uh, took a cruise out of Galveston, so we went a day early, just not knowing. You know, New England weather and travel planning. Sure. Uh, obviously, yeah. getting to Texas unless there's a hurricane or, you know, a major storm going on. But, you know, we were planning around New England or the Northeast weather. And, uh, we lucked out. Uh, you know, good flights going down and back. And we had a, a great cruise. Yeah. So uh, all is good. Yeah. All yeah. is good. And the, the cruises are fun. I, I enjoy uh, cruising. I, I, I really do. I could take a cruise like to nowhere <laughs> and just enjoy the amenities. Of the cruise, you know, with the pools and uh, the hot tubs and and the buffets, especially the buffets. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all about the food and and great entertainment mm-hmm. and uh, things to keep you occupied while you're on the ship. Yeah, I mean, they used to have out of Boston uh, Crimson Travel, which I don't know still exists or not, but uh, and they used to do like three day cruises to nowhere. Oh, interesting. Out of Boston. <laughs> And they, they would just, you know, sail around and, and people would take advantage of uh, what they had on the ship in terms of food and entertainment and everything else and views that they would get in certain places. Yeah. Uh, so, But I don't think they do that anymore. I haven't heard about one uh, recently. But at any rate, yeah. glad, glad you're back and uh, glad you're still doing what you do at Weed Family Automotive because uh, uh, thanks to you guys, uh, I've got about 242,000 miles Great I, on my vehicle. I, I guess I've got some catching up to do to with you because with you, my little uh, Toyota Tacoma that I've got for my uh, commuter car has got 209,000 on it now. Well, you so. do. You do have a yeah. little catching up to so. do. But you told me at one time that the uh, car that you uh, worked on at, at your shop with the most miles ever was, I think, 333,000. Right around like there, that. yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm I'm down to under a hundred thousand left. Uh. It's like ninety three thousand or something like that. So I'm going to do it one of these days. All right. Well, you know, I've got to get back to the shop at some point because we have a truck in there yesterday and today that had uh, over three hundred thousand miles on it. Oh boy. So I got to check oh, the mileage. Oh, you on better that one. you better check that. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I might have some more work to do than I thought, but I, my car will probably outlast me anyway. Thanks to uh, taking it to Weed Family Automotive all these years. It's going to be a close race. Yeah. It, <laughs> 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 so, Dan, what is going on in the automotive world these days? Oh, it's ever-changing. There's just so much going on in our world between, you know, the the EV uh, discussions and, and technology that's going on out there, how the EV manufacturers are doing, uh, the, the shift in some of the thinking of the auto manufacturers and whatnot. Uh, but more importantly, J.D. Power just came out with their 2024 
U.S. Vehicle Dependability Study. Ah, okay. Uh, and so this is banked or uh, ranked on uh, problems per 100 vehicles by the manufacturer while they're under warranty. And so uh, back in, so 10th place came BMW. Okay, 10th place, uh, all right. Next to that was Kia, Mazda. Interesting enough, Porsche is in the middle of the pack. Mini, and then your top four for dependability studies is Chevrolet, yeah. Buick, Toyota, and Lexus. Wow. So, well, Lexus at, at number one. Huh? Lexus is at number one right now wow. for 2024 JD Power dependability study. Ah, I, I don't see, do I see Honda on that list over there? No. 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 Jeez. And, you know, Dodge was ranked just below BMW. Uh, actually, they were tied for, you know, 190 problems per 100 vehicles, which, you know, that, that seems to me an awful lot of problems. You know, it's basically two problems per vehicle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's the top 10. Those, those are your top 10. Top 10. And yeah. uh, Lexus comes out number one. Lexus and so Toyota. Are... I, I guess you get what you pay for, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm really surprised that Honda didn't make this list. I mean, yeah. Cause uh, I... And you don't, you know, Kia made it, but interest, interestingly enough, um, their partner in crime, so to speak, yeah. <laughs> is Hyundai, yeah. and, and they didn't, didn't make the list either. Oh. You know, Subaru's not in here. Uh, so it was really interesting to see some of the manufacturers that didn't get to the top 10. Yeah. What, what, what's your biggest surprise? What's your biggest uh, surprise on that list? I would have to say at this point, uh, both Toyota and Subaru. I figured both of those would be, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Honda and Subaru should be right there at the top of the pack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I would say based on my Honda that uh, that it would be because mm-hmm. it's it's been pretty dependable over the years and it's been good for me and I've heard feedback from other Honda owners that they uh, really have gotten uh, you know a, a lot of mileage out of their vehicles yeah uh, and are are still going strong so yeah I'm surprised to see Honda is not in that uh, in that top ten yeah. and I talked to a gentleman this morning uh, just met him for the first time we ha- happened to be chatting and you know. He is a, a Honda guy through and through. They've got uh, three Hondas in their family mm-hmm. yeah. uh, for the kids and him and his wife and whatnot. And, you know, he sticks by his Hondas and, and really likes them. Yeah. So now what about, uh, did, you, did you mention Ford? I don't see no, Ford, Ford on there. Ford's not on there. Uh, Jeep, Chrysler, any any of those. There are some major car makers that are not yeah. on that top ten uh, list. Nissan. Nissan's yeah. not there. Right. Wow, that's that's pretty surprising, I guess. But you know, when you think about uh, the uh, the automakers that are on the list, I guess it shouldn't be all that surprising. What, what's the biggest surprise that, that that's in the top ten for you? I I would have to say many, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. You know, I certainly didn't expect to see many in the top ranking. And not that they're a bad car. Don't get me right. wrong, but yeah, uh, that to me is the biggest surprise is, is to see many on the list. Is that like Mini Cooper? Yeah, the uh, Mini yeah. Cooper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do they have anything else but the Mini Cooper? No, that, it's That's just it. a standalone. You know, they've got several flavors of the Mini. You know, yeah. but uh, by far, you know, to see them really well, they're in the top five. You know, that that to me is the biggest surprise uh, there. And even some of the European manufacturers that didn't make it in here. You know, BMW made it, Porsche made it. Yeah. But what happens to Volvo and Volkswagen? Right. And and all these other guys that are out there. All reputable car manufacturers. Uh, and so I guess you have to narrow it down to the top 10 and, right. they, and, uh, JD power did. And that's, that's what we have, you know, the, the, the mini Cooper, 
I used to see a lot more of them than I do today. Well, I think when they first came out, you know, it was such a hit with the, the retro styling and everything. Yeah. Uh, and harking back to the days of the 50s and 60s when the, the original Mini came out. Yeah. And much like some of the Chrysler designs of that era, you know, Chrysler came out with the PT Cruiser at that point in time yeah, and the Prowler right. and several other cars that had just that iconic look to them and, and that retro, you know, styling to them. And I think that that's what the big draw to the Mini was. They've brought the Mini up to today's styling designs and whatnot, but it is still a, a neat little car and fun little car to drive around. What does it get for mileage? So the Mini probably isn't as good as you would think, but I, off the top of my head, I'm going to tell you it's probably in the 25 to 30-ish miles per gallon. Is that city or highway? Combined. How's combined. That? <laughs> combined. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that makes sense because yeah. most people do a combination of the two. So, yeah, but it, that's that's not bad, but it, it's not as much as I thought it would be. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Mini really wasn't being geared towards that high corporate average fuel economy. You know, they weren't shooting for that 40 or 45 miles per gallon, much like the smart cars were. You know, you get into the smart car series, and now you're in that 45 to 50 miles per gallon on an internal combustion engine. Now, there are still some cars out there. I think uh, some of the starting lineups for Toyota and Honda, you know, the, the Civics and whatnot, or the Corollas, you get into those base models, and they're, they're still getting that 40-plus miles per gallon in some cases. So, you know, you're, you're knocking on the mileage rating of some of these hybrid cars. Do, do the uh, minis come in EVs? Uh, I don't know that answer. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Geez, I stumped you, Dan. <laughs> I don't think in all the years we've been together, I've stumped you. <laughs> but uh, at any rate, uh, there you have it. Those are the top 10, according to J.D. Power and Associates. I heard they, J.D. Power, may be in a little financial difficulty. Oh, really? I hadn't I, followed I did that see one. that. Hmm. I did see that on uh, one of the automotive websites, but uh, let's hope they continue because they certainly do a lot of good work in, in terms of keeping people informed. Yeah, they certainly yeah. bring a, a great uh, name to the, that industry as far as statistics and analytics. Yeah, that's very true. All right, Dan Weed is here. Weed Family Automotive, they are open for business right now, and uh, you can uh, give them a call. Very simple to do at 603 603- 225-7988 and the operators are standing by. Who's standing by right now? You have Bobby and Ron. Bobby and Ron. Waiting for your call. Very good. And uh, you know, Ron, uh, I saw Ron the other day when I was there and he said, oh, I've listened to you for years and I said, you're the one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Kale and Company Live, WKXL NHTalkRadio.com Presented by Northeast Delta Dental, we will be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back. Kale and Company live here on WKXL. NHTalkRadio.com presented by Northeast Delta Dental. And so glad to have Dan Weed back in studio with us. Uh, for all your automotive questions and needs, uh, Dan is here, and uh, he's been a part of my shows over the years for a long, long time at uh, 124 Store Street in Concord, and uh, you can make a reservation for an appointment right now, 603-225-7988, or you can do it online, too, at WeedFamilyAutomotive.com. What what else is happening, Dan? So. We keep talking about the EV market and whatnot, and it's never going to go away. It's here to stay. 
But one of the things that we've started to see, and uh, this is a headline out of automotive news recently, that the U.S. to soften tailpipe rules and slow EV transition through 2030. Uh, the big thing to me is the tailpipe rules. Uh, we're starting to see a pushback from a lot of the manufacturers saying that the rules and regulations being presented to them are way too stringent and they're, they're basically unobtainable at this point. And a lot, you know, uh, President Joe Biden's administration is set to ease proposed yearly requirements through 2030 of its sweeping plan to aggressively cut tailpipe emissions and ramp up electric vehicle sales, uh, two sources had told Reuters. But the automakers, dealers, and UAW had urged the Biden administration to slow the proposed ramp up in EV sales. They say the EV technology is still too costly for many mainstream U.S. consumers and that more time is needed to develop the charging infrastructure. Uh, in addition to the EPA in April 2023 proposed requiring a 56% reduction in new vehicle emissions by 2032, which is, you know, by today's standards is staggering. I mean, if you look at the emission standards that we have in place and, and the technology we have in place now, and I compare it to what we had 20 years ago, it's amazing how far we've come in the tailpipe emissions reduction. Most of the cars coming out today are either what we call a near zero emission vehicle or a partial zero emission vehicle, which means they've cleaned up these cars and yeah. these engines so well that there's very little coming out the tailpipe anymore. You know, they keep talking about carbon neutrality and this and that. Really what we've seen in emissions reductions in automotive technology as well as uh, the heavy-duty market in the trucking sector is, is amazing what they've done. I mean, some of it may have been overly done, but at the end of the day, what they've accomplished is pretty amazing. And, you know, what I think what a lot of people don't realize, particularly they talk about, you know, carbon neutrality, carbon footprint, is that we're pretty darn close right now. And to push it even farther, is it possible? Yes. Uh, is the EV market going to be the end-all, be-all? No, I think there's still some alternatives out there to the EV market that the technology is still being developed. And, you know, one of them that's been out there for many, many years is the hydrogen fuel cell. But like any other uh, alternative fuel, much as the EV market is finding out, it's having that refueling or recharging network out right. there. Uh, you know, the hybrid technology, to be honest with you, we've had, you know, in the Prius line, we've had it for over 20 plus years yeah. now. Yeah. And if you look at really what a hybrid is, it's, you know, a combination of an electric motor, uh, some sort of electric drivetrain, along with an internal combustion engine. And that technology goes back, you know, many, many years, particularly in the marine world with, you know, they ran diesel engines to run electric motors for propulsion, uh, battery electric in the submarines, and even in the locomotive industry, you know, it's a diesel motor driving electric, you know, a diesel engine driving electric motors to move the locomotives. Uh, so, you know, that, if you will, blended or hybrid technology is nothing really new. We've just put it into a different application. So it's interesting to see the pushback on both the EV market as well as the tailpipe emissions, both by the manufacturers and, and several other automotive groups. So it's kind of interesting for me to see that. Yeah, no, that, absolutely. The way it's been turned around as, as rapidly as it has been, hmm. the emissions and, uh, and, and getting down to uh, where 
people want it to be, or at least those, uh, you know, in, in charge and uh, uh, right in office these days uh, mm-hmm. want to see those emissions way down, which I mean ultimately is, is a, a good thing. And the manufacturers are able to do it in a re- very rapid fashion, it seems. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. You know, when I first got into the automotive world, you know, we were still in, still dealing with carburetors and points mm-hmm. and condensers and, you know, 12,000 mile tune-ups and whatnot. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, now we've gone, you know, in the mid eighties, uh, we've gone to, you know, standardized fuel injection systems. We've refined those and, you know, cha- made changes to engines and whatnot, engine technology. And that's got us to where we are today, but it, none of it really would have been able to happen without the uh, computer technology that they've put in, mm. the sensors, uh, the speed of the processors, and, and all this stuff have made the difference in what they've been able to do in the automotive engineering world and the changes that they've made to bring our emissions down to next to nothing coming out of the cars these days. Out of the internal combustion, combustion vehicles, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, ice I mean, vehicles, we call them. Internal I, combustion yeah, engine or engines, I, ice yeah, vehicle. Yeah, yeah. yeah, ice. Okay, yeah. ice. That's what I'll stick with. <laughs> Internal combustion early in the morning isn't uh, the easiest thing to say. Uh, So anyway, uh, you know, there was that edict that came out from the administration that everything was going to be electric uh, by 2035. But I I get the feeling, and you're a lot closer to it than I am, but I get the feeling that's not going to happen. I I don't foresee it. And there's no need really for it to happen, is there? Well, it depends on who you talk to. There's there's always two sides to the the story. Yeah. you know, I, I think that do, do we need a uh, alternative to what we have now? Sure. Is it going to be widely accepted mainstream? Probably not. And I think that's what a lot of the manufacturers and, and particularly the dealers are, are seeing. It's not, you know, as widely accepted as they had hoped it would be. Uh, a lot of the electric vehicles are still sitting on dealers' lots and have yet to be sold. But don't you think the reluctance is not so much the vehicle itself but the lack of infrastructure we have i think that's a lot of it yes yeah. and you know much like many of the other trades that we have right now you know the electricians out there the you know electrical industry uh first i don't believe we have enough uh support from the grid itself you know without the advent of new power plants whether they're gas fired or coal or you know whatever it happens to be uh, I don't believe personally that wind and solar are going to be able to generate enough electricity for us to sustain the grid for all this charging network. Uh, then you have to have the people to install these chargers and build these charging stations and whatnot. Uh, so you know, where does that all come from, and, and do we have enough skilled labor across the country to be able to perform all these duties? You know, the other day, in fact, it was on Store Street when I was down. Uh, I dropped my car off at your place and was was walking around a little bit. And there were some protesters out there. <laughs> say, and are you familiar with them? In, in front of the Bank of, of, yeah, of America. Saying, yes. get rid of fossil fuels. Yes. <laughs> I, say, I, I felt, I didn't say, I, I held my tongue, but I felt like saying as I walked by, how are you going to fuel your electric cars? Right. I mean, if you don't have fossil fuels. All right, so. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Ken, you're going to get me going here. But, uh, yeah. uh, I'm gonna, well, that's what I'm here for. I'm going to take uh, this opportunity. So, yeah. uh, uh, I, I've seen these protesters out there uh, on many occasions now in front of the Bank of America protesting the oil. The, well, the, the fact that the bank purportedly is funding the oil companies. And whether they do or not, I, I don't know. I don't have proof of it. But I have to 
say that these people that are out there protesting are highly hypocritical, all right? Because A, I've seen them come and go in their gas-powered vehicle, mm-hmm. all right? Yep. Yep. Now, here's where I take uh, sides with this is that these people are out there protesting the oil company, all right? They obviously have no knowledge of where their entire wardrobe or the signs that they're carrying come from because they're carrying plastic signs, all right, which is made by, guess what, the petrochemical industry, okay? They've got their nylon and polyester winter jackets on. They've got their sneakers on and whatever other clothing they have, which mostly is a byproduct of the petrochemical industry. So unless you're going to come and stand on the street side of the street with clothing that is handmade out of a loom or whatever in your backyard, you're wearing, you know, handmade leather shoes or whatever it happens to be, you know, uh, hand-spun cotton, hand-spun wool, whatever you want to do, I don't care. But here they are protesting the very people that they have supported just by showing up that day. There you go. Yep. <laughs> I, I'm glad you got that off your chest. I, I was wondering. I, I didn't know that had been like a, a, a thing that had been going on for a while, but I just happened to see them the other day. And I yeah. uh, uh, thought I would bring it up because uh, I, by chance that you, you have seen them, and, and you have. I have so, yeah. on many occasions. Yeah. I, you, you bit your tongue. Mine is still bleeding. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Dan Weed with a bleeding tongue, folks. Uh, and not a bleeding heart, but a bleeding tongue is with us from uh, Weed Family Automotive located right there near the Picketers at 124 Store Street in Concord. 603-224-7988 or the protesters, I Protest- should say. Picketers, protesters. Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> WeedFamilyAutomotive.com uh, and uh, we will be right back. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Stay with us. Welcome back. It is Kale and Company Live here on WKXL. And uh, Dan Weed is with us from uh, Weed Family Automotive. And they are located conveniently at 124 Store Street in Concord. And you can make an appointment right now. Operators are standing by at uh, 603-225-7988. That is the uh, number to call. Or you can even do it online, Dan, right? right. Weed Family Automotive. Dot com. We make it easy for you. Simple as that. I did see we, we talk a lot about EVs when when Dan is here because you know they uh, they are out there and and Dan you you like the technology of a, an electric vehicle. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. Hi, the hybrids or the yeah. electrics. I think it's a great technology. Yeah. It it does have a, a a good place in a lot of people's lives and it fits their lifestyle and, and what they're doing. Yeah, uh, and, and it, it's not for everybody, but you no. know uh, for those who don't have to travel uh, very far or, or use their vehicle for long trips. I, I think an EV is, is great. Uh, reportedly, I saw this from uh, one of the automobile uh, websites, uh, new electric vehicle registrations grew 23% in December hmm. and uh, captured a near-record 8.8% of the U.S. light vehicle market. Great. But... Uh, there were clear signs of a slowdown 
by Tesla, Ford, and Chevy, according to reports. Yes. Uh, both Ford and Chevy have backed off on their battery plant development right now. Uh, they're slowing that down a little bit. I think that, you know, interestingly enough, the, that statistic comes out for December. So, you know, how many people needed that, if you will, year-end tax credit or year-end tax, you know, write-off, however you would like to look at it, mm -hmm. and thought that, you know, well, the EVs offer the biggest tax credit out there right now, so it might be a great option for a lot of people, and they took advantage of it. So, Is that why some people are gravitating toward EVs, because of the tax credits? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of the tax credits for certain manufacturers, uh, which was a big sticking point in the middle of last year, because they were really pushing the tax credits for the EVs built here in the country. Mm -hmm. uh, and companies like Hyundai and Kia and Toyota, Honda, were not going to be able to apply for those tax, tax credits unless the cars were built here in the country. Ah, okay. Well, well, that makes sense. Uh, are the lion's share of EVs manufactured in this country? Most of them. I think you know Tesla being the biggest one. Yeah. Uh, but there's a good portion of them, uh, you know, that are being built here in the States. I mean, obviously with Ford and Chevy, a lot of their stuff is built right here in the States. Uh, Toyota and Honda have some major manufacturing plants down south, South Carolina, that area. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure if they're building EVs out of there yet. I know there's some sig significant uh, investments in battery plants and also electric vehicle assembly plants down south. But I don't believe they've been completed just yet. That is, uh, obviously, the biggest part of the vehicle is the battery, correct? Correct. And, but most of those are manufactured out of the country. Yeah, between you know, the you know, lithium mines and whatnot and mm -hmm. other production parts are mostly out of the country right now. However, there's, you know, again, some major investments by all the manufacturers to build battery plants here in the state. Right. Or, and... Uh, so we'll see what happens with Ford and Chevrolet, uh, Chrysler to see if they're going to continue to build their battery plants that mm -hmm. they had, you know, invested in so far. Right. Uh, I know they started to convert some of their manufacturing plants over to EV assembly lines. So okay. some of the truck plants especially had been converted or some of these uh, plants that had been idled years ago have now been uh, retrofitted, revamped to build electric vehicles out of there. So, Do you see, uh, you know, in your business more EVs as the years, months and years go by? Oh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, we have a small handful of electric cars that we service on a regular basis, you know, for inspections and whatnot. Uh, they still need tires. And believe it or not, there are still some fluids that need to be changed within these vehicles. Uh, one of the ones that we noticed early on, uh, and I haven't followed up on it, but, you know, Tesla has oil and filter that's built into their drive motors for cooling purposes. Uh -huh. So I haven't found out exactly what the service interval was. Tesla is just now starting to release uh, repair information to us. So we're starting to see some of that information come back. Uh, but I have not personally followed up to see, you know, how often does that fluid and filter and those drive motors need to be changed. Ah, but, but you will look into that. I will find yes. out. Uh, so what else is happening in the automotive world? So talking about uh, electric vehicles and whatnot and how certain companies are doing within the states. Uh, Rivian announced, and this is out of automotive news, so Rivian's quarter four net loss narrows, now this kills me, narrows to $1.52 billion <laughs> as it cuts uh, staff by 
and forecasts flat 2024 production and sales. Hmm. So it will not, they're not looking forward to uh, increase at all. Exactly. So they're looking for, you know, sales to taper off. You know, they still have their pre-orders out there and whatnot, but they don't expect it to see a, a significant increase in sales or production for 2024. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I did see uh, on another automotive uh, uh, website that a, a bellwether or a trendsetter, if you will, for cars has long been California. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now it appears EV sales in California are in decline, uh, slowing down that states, and they have been like the front runner of this zero emission uh, vehicle transition target. Mm-hmm. But it's been slowed down by the lack of EV sales in California. <laughs> and, but on the other hand, a Toyota had record sales in 2023 mm-hmm. as the chip crisis has kind of faded. Yeah, we've started to see, you know, the supply chain issues that we had start to go away. Uh, Manufacturers had really changed their dynamic as far as inventories were concerned. You know, it was an on-demand inventory system, so they didn't have days or weeks of extra parts laying around. It was as they needed it, and Mm -hmm. that's really what the industry had shifted to so that they didn't have all this money tied up in inventory sitting there. Ironically, we've started to see a shift back to that model that they keep inventory on hand so that they have days or weeks of extra stuff to be able to produce what they need to produce rather than waiting for, well, that ship to come in with the parts that they needed. <laughs> yeah. So you know, we've started to see the, the, these models shift back to, all right, we're going to keep more and more of this inventory on hand. Uh, yeah, it's going to cost us a little bit more, but now we can continue production without any hiccups. Have parts been easier to come by in, in recent months? It is still hit or miss. There yeah. are still things that we can get easily, and there's other stuff that we're waiting on. And and it's not the stuff that you would expect. You know, A lot of the electronics and whatnot really are readily available. It's some of the oddball stuff, if you will, or you know, stuff that you wouldn't think would be an issue is still an issue. Mm. And they say, in what I read, the chip crisis has faded. Do you find that to be true? For the most part, yeah. yeah. You know, we, we really don't see uh, a holdback on electronic parts. Uh, one of the things that we do see with this new business model, if you will, is they're asking for more and more of these parts back. So if it's a control module, uh, if it's a catalytic converter and certain other parts, they're charging us a core charge to make sure that we return that part and they get it back so we get our core credit and and things that you wouldn't typically expect. How about catalytic converters these days? Are they still being stolen at a at a record pace? Uh, they are still being stolen. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a record pace, though. <laughs> I, I think that market has cooled off a little bit. Has it? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, again, catalytic converters are a commodity. And so the prices, you know, when the prices are high, the theft of them is more prevalent. Mm-hmm. When the prices drop down, we see the thefts go with it. So uh, we are starting to see within the industry, within the recycling industry though, they're a lot more strict about, all right, you bring me a catalytic converter and you better have, you know, your make model of the car and possibly the VIN number. So it's traceable and they want ID as well with it, which, yeah, you know. I, I hear you. So. Uh, at any rate, uh, I, I am trying to, uh, you know, as, as you know, and I've I've been trying to, I've been on the fence 
for you know six months or a year, thinking, should I get a new car? I mean, I do have two hundred, almost two hundred forty-two thousand miles on it, but you know, you have to, you know, you always have to have a down payment. I know you can sell your car for a certain price, but mm-hmm. down payment, monthly payments, and all that. Are, are there people out there, or am I just, you know? Uh, an old geezer uh, that uh, that uh, would want to try to get the most out of their vehicles and hold on to them uh, for for a while, or uh, is that uh, you know a, a thing, or, or you see more people you know uh, just trading them in after a few years? Well, it really depends on the condition of the car and what it needs for repairs. I mean, you've done a great job taking care of yours, and really around here, the, the big condition really is rust. Yeah. So if we can avoid the rust and the rust issues. That, that's the big thing. That is us. the big thing. Yeah. Yeah, rust. Okay. All right. I will bear that in mind because I, I don't want to have to make a monthly car payment. <laughs> so unless I win the lottery, uh, there you go. But uh, we will take a break. Dan Weed is here. Weed Family Automotive located at 124 Store Street in Concord. And uh, Dan is here and uh, giving us some great insight into the automotive world. And you can make an appointment at Weed Family Automotive very easily right now. Give them a call, 603-225-7988. We'll take a break. Kale and Company Live, WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. We'll be right back. We are back. It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Dan Weed, Weed Family Automotive in studio for the first time in a while after a uh, nice vacation that included Galveston, Texas. Well, would you recommend uh, Galveston for a place to visit, Dan, or just a place to catch a cruise ship? Well, <laughs> I, I actually found it pretty interesting. Yeah. You know, I had never been to a major seaport you know, in mm. our country, yeah. and yeah. to see the amount of shipping traffic in Galveston was just amazing. I've never seen that many ships in one place, uh, and all different types, you know, from oil and gas tankers, yeah. cruise ships, to cargo ships, container ships, and, and everything right. in between. Yeah. You know, f- and then all the pilot boats and tugboats and this and that. Sure. So it was really interesting to, to watch the whole process involved in it. Uh, we caught Galveston in the middle of their winter season, so there wasn't a great deal going on. We were told that we missed Mardi Gras down there by a few days. Oh, they have Mardi Gras so too? we were yeah. celebrating yeah. Mardi Gras yeah. uh, towards the, the latter end of the week before that we were there. So we, we missed that party. So I'll have to plan better next that time. One. But you had a few on the ship anyway, <laughs> right. so I'm, I'm, I, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, I've never been to Galveston. I've been to Long Beach, California, which is uh, a huge port out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've never been to Galveston. But I, but I might at, at, at some point just to see what uh, – Glenn Campbell was talking about all, all those years ago. Yep. So uh, what else is happening in the world of uh, automotive, uh, the automotive world? So we were talking about, you know, buying or replacing your car or keeping it. So, yep. you know, you and I happen to be members of the 200,000-mile club. There you go. <laughs> and we're, we're pushing for the 300,000-mile club. We'll see, <laughs> see where we get. Um, but, you know, there's always that difficult decision is that, all right, my car needs X number of dollars of work. Right. Do, do yep. I keep it or am I, you know, looking at something else? And so as far as budgeting purposes, you know, we get pretty excited when we make that last car payment. Yep. 
I know I was. You know, yep. I would recommend that you keep taking that and, if you will, making that car payment to yourself, put it into a savings account or something like that, and just keep putting that payment aside. And you can either use it for repairs down the road and or by the time you're ready to replace that car, you've got a nice down payment built up from the last couple of years of really not having that car payment. But at what point do you decide, all right, when is it enough, you know? Yeah. And so our recommendation is, is that you look at the cost of the repair. So let's say you have a three or $4,000 repair bill and we compare that to what the car is worth or, you know, we start to bring into even a used car. All right, I'm going to put $4,000 into this and it's worth five or six. So you still are ahead of the game. And what am I going to get for a trade in its current condition? So if it needs all this work, and it's worth you know six thousand dollars in good condition, and what are you going to get for a trade as you trade it in? If they you disclose this or they figure out oh this car is going to need a bunch of work, they might give you three thousand dollars on a trade for it. Mm-hmm. So that's always a consideration. Yep. And what are your payments going to be going forward? You know, and how much are you going to spend? Of course, with interest rates up right now, you know the days of those. 0% financing or 2% financing are, are pretty difficult to find. And granted, there's a deal out here every once in a great while, but you don't see them as prevalent as we used to. So right. you know, your average finance rate is anywhere between 5% on the low end now mm-hmm. to 7 or 8% on the high end. Right. And at the end of that car loan, that adds up to an awful lot of extra money that you've put into you know, financing that car. I, I think I'm just uh, personally I'm just a curmudgeon, and and uh, you know what I've been in a, a number of new cars in in recent years, and recent months even, and I have to say that I am not a big fan of a lot of bells and whistles. I've 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 got to say that there's so many things now uh, that that you have to en- encounter when you get into a car mm-hmm. if you want to do certain things. I mean, even even to get the radio going sometimes is <laughs> is, is uh, you know a task. I mean, I know over time you you get used to it, but then again, I I've had the same vehicle now since uh, 2013. It's very simple, you know. Getting to the radio is is very easy. Turning on the heat uh, when it's fixed, uh, <laughs> like it is now, uh, is is very easy to do, and all the other functions. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to hear beeps every, every time somebody gets close to me, or I should go over the white line sometimes, or the lines on the on the road. I I just prefer a, an older vehicle that doesn't have all that stuff. Sure, and, and I I would wholeheartedly agree with you. I personally. Uh, shut a lot of that stuff off, you know, because to me, it's a distraction. It takes away from really what you should be focusing on. You know, you should, A, you shouldn't be texting on your phone and doing all this other stuff. Right. Uh, But to have, you know, the lane departure warning going off all the time or, you know, the blind spot warning going off all the time or this or that, you know, I like to be focused on what's in front of me and what's going on in front of me and obviously a little behind you. But I don't need a light going off or a buzzer or beeper going off every two seconds for something because to me it's highly distracting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so personally, I, I ended up shutting a lot of that stuff off in my my truck that I have. Uh, my wife ended up shutting a lot of it off in her car uh, to the point where she has one of these fancy rearview mirrors that has a couple of different modes on it. So one of the modes is basically a live camera feed from the back of the car. 
and she finds it very difficult to drive with that particular feature on. So mm. we've left a regular mirror and, and, and had it set like that. So, uh, But I truly think that before you add all these, I don't know, self-preserving features, supposedly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, in place that your main goal should be focusing on driving and your driving skills and paying attention to what's going on around you. But you're Dan Weed. You know how to disconnect these things. The The average Joe like me would have no clue if I had a new vehicle. So so what do you do? Could could you take it into a shop like yours uh, and, and have them disconnected? Well, you don't actually disconnect yeah. it. So when you get in the car yeah. or as in the car settings, you can shut these features on and off. Okay, you can. Yes. Yeah. You know, just like the, Easily, uh, without uh, any technical expertise. Yeah, the, like yeah. On, on my truck, there's a button on the dash to shut off the... The the uh, park assist sensor, so okay. which yeah. you know here's one of my case in point. So my truck has a plow on it, right? Yeah. yeah. So every time I fire up the truck and lift the plow up, all of a sudden my parking aid warnings are going off because the plow is blocking it. Okay. So <laughs> you know, and pretty soon it sends a message up on the dash. You know, parking assist system blocked or whatever. It's like, yeah, no kidding. There's a plow in front of you. <laughs> You know, I, I, I know that there were cars and maybe still are being manufactured that assist you with parallel parking. Yes. Uh, but apparently they didn't turn out to be as popular as the manufacturers thought they might be. I, I don't think so. I think you know, Buick was one of the ones that came out with as an early adopter uh, and still advertises it to this yep. day. Yeah, And, I, I, you know, again, this is one of those things that, you need to have the basic skills first before you allow the car to do it for you. Yeah. And some of us do, some of us don't, right? Right. right. <laughs> some are better than others. Well, you know, it's, I, I joke about it because, you know, I've towed a, tra- a trailer all my life. I, yeah. There's been very rarely a time in my life where I haven't towed a trailer. And so Ford came out with this trailer assist knob so that if you want to back the trailer up, you turn the knob on the dash to the, where you want to go. Yeah. And... You know, I just, I kind of laughed at that and said, well, you know, if you can't back the trailer up first, maybe you shouldn't have a knob on the dash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what, what we have today in vehicles, I ne- never thought I, I would see them, but uh, uh, we have reached that point. And, you know, there are some features that, that are, are terrific mm-hmm. and are very helpful. The backup cam, I think, is, uh, is a good thing. I, I like the backup yeah. camera, you know, A, a as you know, in addition to using your mirrors first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. The backup camera is a nice piece of additional information for you. Uh, for me, it's great hooking up the trailer. I don't have to get in and out of the truck four times to see where that trailer hitch is. Uh, the backup camera is right there. I can see the hitch, and I usually can get it, you know, first time, no problem. Uh, you know, and plus, you know, all of a sudden, if the kids are running around the yard or whatnot, you're backing up, you know, if one of them happens to run behind or whatever – or you didn't happen to notice that bicycle behind the car. You know, I think the backup camera in those situations is a nice piece of technology to have. Yeah, uh, no, no doubt about that. So we're, we're about at the end of the month here, and uh, there may be some people uh, who have not uh, had their inspections yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a little leeway for them. So uh, how, how far out are you booked in if, you, uh, if someone wants to come in and, and get an inspection if they were born in February? We are doing pretty good right now. We're only a few days out on the schedule, so we can get you in pretty quickly. It's not like it was back in November or so when we were two weeks out just because we were 
overloaded. We're, we're caught up and doing well. So just a few days out, so it's not too bad. But you do have 10 days into the next month. There you go. As long as the car is registered. And uh, and also, remember, you can get a car inspected what, three months up in three advance. Months in advance. Up to three months right. in advance. Yeah. Which I didn't do, but I, I got I got it done in time, though, Dan. Great. I got it done in time <laughs> at Weed Family Automotive, uh, 124 Store Street in Concord. Uh, very conveniently located. So many places to visit now uh, around uh, that area. If you want to go get a cup of coffee or uh, salad or whatever it is or do some shopping. And uh, they usually don't take very long. A Weed Family Automotive. Give them a call right now, 225 79 88 area code 603 we still have the area code 603 we might get another one soon but we still have 603 we are still the 603 we are the 603 is correct dan weed always great to see you thanks for having thanks me for coming in on on this morning and uh, and we will see you soon sounds good thank you kale and company live here on wkxl presented by northeast delta dental and remember folks to always look on the bright side of life Have a great day, everybody.